0: Okay, we'll start recording in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the Sports Nuts Podcast. This is the podcast where we, and when I say we, it's none of this French we-wee stuff or little kid going to the bathroom. We talk about sports. When I talk about we, the other part of this we, so if we could say we we, I'm one we, Mr. Bruce is the other we. Wee, wee, wee. How you doing,
1: neighbors? I'm doing all right. A little soaked up here, but we're doing okay.
0: Well, yeah, better uh, too much rain than not enough. Uh, I, I feel for the people in uh, Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Uh, you hear about what's going on up there now?
1: No, actually, whatever it is, I'm guessing it's the opposite of what's hitting Phoenix.
0: Yeah, it is drought. Uh, put it this way. Uh, one of the soybean fields, uh, he, he's estimating that he'll get oh, between 1 and 200 bushels for the acre. And you think, oh, okay. when well, you should be adding a zero onto the end of that. You should be getting about 2,000. So for that, it's that field he's on. So that's pretty bad. It's uh, They're selling off all the cattle because they can't graze them. Uh, North, so North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, some of the best grazing land there is. You can put a lot of cows on a small area. There's nothing there. Nothing is growing. Stuff that should be knee-high flush green isn't even past your, your tennis shoe. It, it's pretty bad. So for you people up there and do that, uh, uh, praying for you guys up there. Hopefully it will get a little
1: better for you. Well, you know, interesting, last year we ended up with a, a drought, and I'm sure it's not it doesn't compare to what those guys are going through. But, I mean, you know, it's interesting, when you don't get rain for six weeks, we even felt it up for us for a while. So I can't imagine what it's like when your livelihood depends on it.
0: Yeah, and people don't realize uh, North Dakota, I know this I'm from North Dakota, leads the nation in 35 different crops. You know, the highest amount comes out of there. People don't realize, just because North Dakota, and especially with South Dakota and Montana having a drought, you will see this winter higher prices in bread because of the wheat. You're going to see it hide anything with soybeans, which means all your feed. Pork's higher. Uh, beef's higher. Chicken's higher. All your things are. Plus, the cattle they're having to sell off now. All your cattle prices are going to be higher. And your pigs, because they can't afford to graze them. So, <laughs> corn. Everything with corn, corn syrup, corn, corn meal, all that's going to be higher. So just that little thing, people don't realize that. Who cares? That's a big deal. <clears throat> well, enough of that. I'm going to add a section to the show that Bruce doesn't even know about. I just thought about this afternoon when I was working, digging a trench, and I thought it would be pretty cool. Here it is. Are you ready to know what this new section of the show is i want going to do every week? Oh, Yeah. Bruce is going to like this because it's it's going to be a weekly thing, I think, and it's going to require no work on Bruce's part at all. So he's going to like this. <clears throat> it is. I'm going to give you a movie you guys should watch. And it's not going to be a mainstream. It's going to be kind of off the wall, off the beaten path. Some people have heard of it. Some people haven't. It could be new. It could be old or anything. So this week's movie, you guys should go find, rent, Netflix, whatever to get. Is from 1985, Orion Pictures. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. When I say Remo, not like Reno, Nevada, Remo. Romeo Echo Mike Oscar. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Have you heard of that one?
1: I've heard of it, but I'm not I'm I don't know what it's about. Okay. It's
0: uh half goofy, half serious, and half greatness. So you have three halves there. Uh, the you will know most of the stars in this as, like, B-actors. Uh, the Probably the biggest name in it, the main actor is Fred Ward. Uh, I don't really know him for much else. You'll know his face. The name you might know is, uh, uh, is uh, Wilford Grimley. Do you know who that is?
1: Oh, yeah, anybody who's watched her commercials for Quaker Oats.
0: Exactly. Uh, I think he's also done uh, what Depends, and he's done a whole bunch of stuff for Senior Citizens, AARP and all that. Uh, The Firm, that's probably his biggest movie he was in, probably The Firm. He played uh, the head security guy. Uh, Another name you might know from the 80s, uh, J.A. Preston. You'll know him by face. He's a big, tall African-American, big mustache. If you know him, you'll know him. George Coe, uh, those are the main ones. But I'll give you the synopsis of it, and here it is here. When a street-smart NYPD cop regains his consciousness after a bizarre mugging, he has a new face and a new identity. He is now Reno Williams, the number one recruit of a top-secret organization, and he's toppling evil at every turn, even atop the Statue of Liberty. Trained by the quirky Korean martial arts master to dodge bullets, brave terrifying heights, throw out attackers with his bare hands. Reno becomes the ultimate criminal exterminator, but when he faces off against a corrupt millionaire and his army of henchmen, the real adventure begins. Like I said, it's the true 80 cheesy action show. Uh, think of uh, what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Commando. Commando. That's what I'm trying to get name. Think of Commando without Arnold Schwarzenegger in a city environment. It's kind of what it is. It's a cheesy action. you got the cheesy 80s martial arts stuff going on. It's a fun watch. It's a great watch. Put the sports down. Get this movie somehow and watch it. It's pretty good.
1: I'll definitely have to check that out.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, what I will try to do is give a movie not many people have seen. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. It's going to be kind of look like at a draw. It's not going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. It started. No, no, come on now. Uh, it's going to be uh, something like that, what I'm going to try to do. And uh, I think it'll be just a good little non-sports thing to throw in. But, uh, yeah, Remo Williams. I think I'm real surprised this isn't like one of those cult 80 shows a lot of people like to watch. Maybe it is, and I don't know. I'm not, you know... Uh, I mean, I'm not exactly in the in crowd, you know, so uh, maybe it is, but it's, uh, it's a fun show to watch. I completely forgot about it. Me and my wife went to Branson uh, this last December, and we were going to go with her sister and her brother-in-law, uh, who has a farm in North Dakota. Well, they got snowed in. They got, you know, like two feet of snow the day before they were supposed to leave, so they couldn't drive anywhere. So it was just us. So we sat back one afternoon, and she was watching TV in the one room, and I was in the other, and this came on, and I completely forgot about it, and I had to go find it when I get back. So got it on the Netflix DVD, and good show.
1: All right. Maybe I should find an obscure sports movie to counter it. <laughs> oh,
0: that would be pretty good. Now, I'm going to do a movie every week. If you want to throw a movie in, you can, but you don't have to.
1: No, I like the idea. Let, let's see how our fans like it. Cool.
0: Sounds great. Okay. Um, I got a question from Jim. He's saying he is loving all the hockey talk. And who is Tracy's relative he's talking about? Well, it is. his name is uh, talked about. He's actually in the NHL Hall of Fame. His name is Cliff Purper. Uh, but everybody called him Fido. He actually only played in the NHL for five years, but he did play in the AHA. Uh, so he, he, he did do that. Uh, small guy, he was only 5'5", 155 pounds. Uh, the, the, did some more research about him because, uh, obviously you can't find anything about him. You can find little news clips here. You can find news clips there. And, uh, there's a website called GreatestHockeyLegends.com. And they had a good article on him. And they said they talked to a lot of people, this and that. And they said, do you remember uh, Theron Fleury, Theo, pretty much Theo Fleury?
1: From the Calgary Flames.
0: Yes. They say, think of him only without as many penalty minutes. And you and you have him. Uh, he He was basically known for shadowing the best player on the team because he had good ice skills where the the best player could lean on him, but he would also be the scrapper, you know, to protect him a little bit. So that was kind of his role. So they say, uh, Theo Fleury, if you know him, you kind of know who Cliff Purple was. And another thing he did was uh, UND hockey. If you're into college hockey, you'll know UND is always a power force. He's the one that really built UND hockey up. He was our coach for about seven, eight years, not too long. But what he did was he made it a place to go. And, I think the coolest thing about he was North Dakota's first pro hockey player, but uh, he, one of the reasons he was when he played in St. Louis for the St. Louis Flyers, believe it or not, um, he was such a fan favorite. Do you know why he was such a fan favorite? Fighting. Uh, well, not really no. Uh, besides, he was the one person that would stay the he would stay there till everybody left if they wanted an autograph or a picture or anything they wanted. but why? he was the only American. In a time when there was only six teams, and, you know, pretty much everybody's Canadian, he was an oddity being an American. So, that's one of the reasons that, and he would, you know, sit around and talk to fans, and he would go for a cup of coffee with fans or something like that, or afterwards. So, yeah, so that is who he's, uh, my grandma's cousin. So, that would be, what, my, like, third cousin or something like that. So, not a close relative or anything like that, but, uh... Met him a few times, good guy. Uh, met his sons, six sons, they all played hockey. Uh, so yeah, that
1: that's who he was. Oh, very nice. It's that's actually pretty cool. You know, you also bring up an interesting uh, category of player, and those are the what I like to call the arm and hammer guys, these are the neutralizers. Uh, yeah. who you know, basically, you're you, these are generally scrappy guys who cover the best player on the opposing team and literally just hold them pointless. Uh, Among some of the others in that kind of class, bring to mind uh, Mike Gartner, formerly of the Capitals, and our own Steve Casper in Boston.
0: Uh, Yes, uh, one that my favorite player uh, played for the North Stars. He played for the Dallas Stars, and he also went to UND, Craig Lundwig. Uh, was another kind of one of those guys, and uh, Lugwood had a good shot, so he'd be on power plays too. So You get a player like Cliff Perper, uh, Fido, uh, Lugwig, and the one you know. And if they have a shot, they are so much more valuable. It's just so valuable for a team. All righty, you ready to continue on, Mr. Bruce?
1: Yeah, let's fire away. What do you got?
0: <clears throat> okay, I do have one football story uh, before we go on and this is about the Denver Broncos not because being good it's just how bad the Broncos did some of their fans this year I mean horribly wrong horribly 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 wrong and they're not even responding to questions back to it they're just ignoring them and saying that's the policy and we're not going to listen to it there's nothing else to talk to so I got a feeling this might change because it's yeah it's pretty bad but what's happening is And they won't give you anything, numbers or anything about it. Basically, what happened was there was a guy by the name of Jim Hayes and his wife, Amber. They were a lifelong Broncos fans. Uh, It took them eight years to get season tickets. So they got season tickets in 2011. Going to the games, enjoying it, no issues. Well, last year, the Broncos put up a thing on their website, you know, to the NFLTicketExchange.com. You know, you can legally sell your authorized tickets. They showed you how to do it, and they said you can't make it to a game. Go through this site. It's legal. We'll have the tickets there. Greatness. Well, she was having pregnancy complications. And I'm paraphrasing the story from the notes, guys. So they didn't go to a game last year. They sold their tickets. Well, when they went to renew this year, they said you can't renew. We're pulling your season ticket things and selling them to somebody else because you're not coming to the games. And that is bad you have somebody with pregnancy complications they get through it ready to go left out dance, to get years to get season tickets and they're yanked out when there's nothing anywhere written down about how many games you miss how many games you sell and all these they are saying is yes there's a policy in place if you miss too many games and they won't say what that is or if you sell too many games you can no longer buy them anymore so and what they're trying to do here i know the broncos are trying to do is Keep uh somebody, you know, uh a scalper from buying, you know, thirty tickets and then selling them all. But there has to be a way for them to audit this, and they're not auditing. It's just done, and they won't say if you sell two, which means I, I'll guarantee anything. It's a floating number. It's two to some people, you know, two games for eight, you know, all eight to somebody else or something like that. So. Broncos, bad on you. This is uh, a horrible, horrible policy, especially when you have nothing on it anywhere written and you're not even talking about it. You're just ignoring it right now to the media, the press, to everybody, and, and you, don't, you won't even do anything about it. So Broncos, bad on you.
1: Well, I'm actually really surprised. Uh, what is the? Do you know what the waiting list for the uh, Broncos are right now?
0: Uh, right now it is 9 to 13 years, depending on where you want to sit.
1: Wow. I have to tell you, though, in these last couple of years, PR is not a strong suit of the NFL. You know, whether you're running the Ravens and their awful show. um, I mean, just the way the NFL in general has handled really sensitive issues. They've dropped the ball every time. And this this is just stupid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) if, If they had the policy, I can I can really see that. I, I i can really see the Broncos having this policy and to some extent i like the policy to keep scalpers and businesses from hoarding the tickets from fans that really want it but there has to be some kind of audit in place because anytime they called in they say there's no one else to talk to it's a done deal and and but no one will say anything more about it and he gets zero answers so the local press tried to they got nowhere also uh, one of the sports writers that goes inside try to talk to it, and they said, yeah, that's our policy. Uh, and mean, they, they're asking, well, how many games is it? And they say, we don't know, and there's no re- appeal. So that part's horrible. So uh, Broncos, zero on you for this.
1: Well, I was already a Raider fan, so I hated them anyway. So good for them. Keep screwing your fans. That's all I can say.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, boy. You wait eight years to get season tickets, and they just get yanked out from you. So, yeah. So, next story I have. Uh, that's about it for pretty much everything until we get into some hockey talk. Is that okay with you?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. We're speaking about bad professional football teams. Why don't we give a CFL a shout-out for their own mistake? Go for it. Um, so, what is it? Uh, Karen Coldy. Uh, is a CFL fan, and so her team were the Argos. And, of course, if you – if uh, I guess if any team – if you're picked during the day of the game uh, and your team scores two touchdowns on kickoffs, then you get a million dollars. Well, she had the million dollars in a bag until they called a penalty against the team for uh, a penalty that was iffy at best and the CFL has been scrambling ever since to make up for the mistake. Uh you know whether it was just they're not going to go back on the million dollars, but they've offered her um offered her two season tickets for this year, for the rest of the year and all of next year. And um if, although she does get free groceries for a year, I'm pretty sure they won't total a million dollars.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm glad you said that. I heard some rumblings about it on another game I watched, but I didn't know the whole story. Uh, yeah, that's um, – I don't know necessarily saying it's bad on their part. I think it was just really stupid bad luck and a bad call. I, I really don't think in the heat of the moment one of the refs said, ooh, penalty because of the million dollars. I, I, I don't think that. I just think a ref screwed up.
1: Yeah, and, that was, and you know, that's definitely the truth. I mean, I don't think that they intentionally did it, but the call was pretty bad. So uh, it's really unfortunate that the CFL didn't try to at least make a better attempt at it because it was actually the Argos owner who came out and gave her the free tickets for the season this year and next year. Uh, the CFL as a league had nothing to do with it, and that's really a shame.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Speaking of CFL, have you watched any more games?
1: No, I actually haven't had a chance to catch up on anything, but I actually started reading a little bit more on uh, Three Down Nation.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I did. Uh, I'm probably watching three games a week. Uh, next thing is on ESPN, you can replay them. Uh, they All the games are on there for one week. So um, usually I'm watching the, the games replay. And a pretty cool thing about and ESPN doesn't monetize they replays as much as they do live. Commercial breaks are still commercial break, but usually it's just one quick 15, 30-second commercial on your back. No halftime show, no nothing. So second period ends, play a quick 30-second commercial, and third quarter starts. So games are full game but condensed down, which is pretty nice. So that's kind of what I got the game on when I'm working in the background or, you know, when I'm in cleaning the house or, doing paperwork or stuff like that, I'll have the game on. So I'm, I'm two to three games a week watching right now.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm actually starting to fit them in my schedule. These last two weeks have been a little bit more trying at work, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to free up time for that now.
0: Good, good, good. <clears throat> All right, you ready for some hockey
1: goodness? Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, that was a stupid question of the day award. Um, you're always ready for hockey goodness, so uh, I just apologize for that question.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, we give it a pass. It's all good.
0: <laughs> First story I got, and just like me and Bruce talked about, the Las Vegas Golden Knights will not have a problem selling tickets because of being in Las Vegas. Casinos are going to snatch those up. People in town are going to snatch them up. People in there, uh, eh, j- yeah, people are already. Uh, and this is kind of an inner sport thing. Another popular thing with them is going to, but basically the story is the Golden Knights have more ticket ticket revenue than the Penguins, Brewers, or Flyers, the three big ones, and Toronto. Those are the four big ticket sellers before the season starts. Golden Knight beat them all for ticket sales. Now, I'm sure their other revenue isn't as high at this point, but uh, good on them for having that. But what I was saying is, what I wouldn't even have thought of this, but it's kind of a cool idea, a neat idea. Fantasy football leagues are going to Las Vegas during the middle of the football season. Uh, they're going to a Golden Knights game, you know, on Friday and Saturday, going local Las Vegas, having a good time, and then they are going to one of the places that have the fantasy. Do you, the, 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 you know about the fantasy rooms in Las Vegas?
1: No, I haven't been to Vegas in a while.
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't been there, you know, I've only been there twice in my life. I once was to visit an uh, Army buddy, and the other one was just kind of flying in and out for a conference. But you can rent these rooms and either just rent a table in these big rooms, or you can uh, rent a private room for a number of people. And you go in there, and every game's on, different TV. Big, huge screen TVs, you know, these 50, 60 inches, and every game's on at once. So and it's a big fantasy experience, and they got tickers running, up scoring, and all that. So, what these fantasy leagues are doing, they're going to watch a uh, Knights game. They're going renting one of them rooms and just making it a weekend experience for their fantasy football league, which is a cool idea. So, and not only getting the football experience in there, they are also uh, getting some hockey in. So, I have a feeling you're going to start seeing some Golden Knights jerseys start floating all over the country because of vacation time. Maybe not necessarily it's, quote, quote, their team. I'm sure the, some non-hockey fans will start clinching onto them as their hockey team. But I got a feeling you're going to start seeing uh, some uh, Golden Knight gear around the country because of that.
1: Yeah, well, good for them that they're actually selling out. But, boy, those like those uniforms are hideous. They're hideous.
0: I actually don't mind them. I, 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 I real. Honestly, I really don't mind them. I thought I think they're okay. I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're horrid.
1: Well, it's true. They aren't the California Golden Seals. Yeah, yeah. Reading in this article,
0: uh, average game, they've already sold 13,500 of 17,000
1: seats for all the games. Oh, jeez. I'm sure the rest of those will be comped in some way anyway. Ah, good for them.
0: Yeah, so which is very good because uh, I think Las Vegas is a town, uh, unlike L.A., if the L.A. football teams don't do something quick, fans aren't going to go. I think being Las Vegas town the way it is, I think those tickets for at least 8 to 10 years will be sold out So because just the nature of being Las Vegas and kind of being a quote-unquote quote, transient town, people in and out.
1: Well, I think what I'm curious about is to see the overall impact that Austin Matthews brings to the NHL and the South and the Southwest. Oh, start that again. The Southwest hockey teams, because uh, it, had it not been for the Arizona Coyotes, he would have never gotten into hockey, and if he'd never gotten into hockey, we wouldn't have a star player of his caliber. So he, this is one of the few situations where uh, setting a team in the desert actually produced something.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, did you hear about uh, the Penguins owner and their goal that they lost to the Golden Knights this last week?
1: No, what happened? I
0: said I would have paid $14 million if I could have kept him.
1: Mm, would he really,
0: though? I don't think he would, but I think he's trying to make everybody happy.
1: <laughs> everybody knows in, in the world you can never make everybody happy. <laughs>
0: When he, when I heard that on the article, the first thing I said is, well, you could have. You could have just put somebody else on the list.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they could have totally done what Ottawa did as well. I mean, I thought it was great of them putting a really high-priced player that they knew nobody would pay for, but I'm really surprised they exposed Matha instead.
0: Yeah, a couple of them like that. And, and honestly, if they would have been taken, would they've been really really that sad it would have been bad but losing that big of a hit's hit, almost like okay
1: i mean i think it was a calculated risk by ottawa and i give him credit for it because my understanding is that bobby ryan is not very good for the locker room
0: yeah there's a few players like that and question from what you hear and read and everything like that what sport out of the big four basketball hockey football uh uh, And, yeah, hockey, baseball, football, basketball. Which one percentage-wise have more bad apples in the locker rooms than the others?
1: Well, I think that's kind of tough because even if one basketball player is bad, the percentage will be much higher because of the short bench that they have. But I think baseball is just filled with criminals. Okay.
0: I would say basketball just because you, you – and kind of gives it a bad – rap because most basketball players will say what they mean unlike a lot of baseball players who won't football players who won't even hockey players won't basketball players will so you hear about a lot of the dirty laundry going on so i'm going to say basketball because of that but maybe it gets a bad rap because i think basketball players are more apt to say what they truly feel than any other sport
1: okay well i'm going to totally go unfiltered here and take a chance and risk hate mail So, I don't like basketball. Uh, I think that it's no longer a team sport. And I think one of the worst parts about basketball is the very man who I thought was one of the greatest basketball players ever is the very man who ruined the sport. That's Michael Jordan, because what did he prove? You get a couple of stiffs around you, and as long as you caliber of Michael Jordan, you will win championships. And, you know, I think because of that, a lot of other players who were big in their high schools or in their college thought that they were the next coming of Michael Jordan and it, became, it failed up it becoming a team sport after that.
0: I agree with you there. Uh, if you watch a basketball game, a lot of plays is the star player gets the ball uh, you know on the point top right point. The other four team members go to the other side of the court to isolate one- on one to the hoop for that one player. And he takes off, the other defensive players crash down, and he either takes a shot or he kicks it out and a three-point up. That's pretty much 90% of every play that happens now. And you're right, it's not much. I can watch a college game now and then, but usually the college games I like are the non-big teams that don't have any big, huge stars, so it is more of a team sport. To me, it's more an enjoyable thing to watch.
1: Well, and again, I'm willing to... I'm willing to provoke station here. Um, So I think one of the other elements I stopped watching during uh, the last or actually the beginning years of Allen Iverson because of the element that he brought with him, his crew would actually bring loaded guns into the arena in Philadelphia. And again, why was that acceptable? I mean, that's, that's just unconscionable that they'd be willing to have a posse come, been with him and do it. That brought an element to the game that's just completely distasteful. Now, was he the was he the rule or the exception? Quite frankly, he was the exception. I don't think very many players were like that because for every Allen Iverson type player, you have somebody like Chris bosch who's a very intelligent, who uh, I think is uh, one of those few that will have a great career outside of basketball. Now that he's no longer playing,
0: yes. Um. Speaking of Dallas, here we've lucked out the last 15, 18 years having Dirk Nowitzki here. Great player, great for the team, great off the court, does a lot for charities. Uh, we kind of luck out having him here in Dallas compared to some areas. So, yeah, so I, I fully understand what you mean. Speaking of making people mad, did you hear what Michael Vick said yesterday?
1: How with Colin Kaepernick and his hair?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Um, do you agree with Michael Vick? I think Michael Vick um, was, whether you agree with it or not, I think Michael Vick was just trying to give some advice. And Michael Vick's at the point now where he doesn't care who he angers. And I think there's some truth to what he said.
1: Well, I mean, whether there is or not, at this point, I think it's kind of irrelevant, but I mean, I think it's really up to teams that are desperate for a quarterback that have the capabilities of Kaepernick to come back and play yeah. legit. I think that the the uh, Jets should actually give him a, a decent shot. Mike Vick, hmm, his days are so far behind him at this point. Maybe he should be the guy coming back instead of Todd Marinovich.
0: Yeah. But uh, I, I I just don't see how people are just saying, oh, he's a sellout. He's this or that. He's giving them honest advice. And if anybody can give honest advice in that situation is somebody that's got a felony on his hand and was in jail in the middle of his career when he should have been, you know, his quote, quote, prime time.
1: No, and and I agree. I mean, I think at this point uh maybe the NFL is just starved for attention right now because you know, one of the interesting aspects of the off-season last year with uh Brady and Deflategate is that the NFL didn't look at it as a loss as much as people talked about it the entire off-season and had people talking about football. Uh, is that really the kind of message you want to send about your league? The NFL felt it was appropriate.
0: Yeah. And reading more about this article a little bit, and because he said it on one show, and then he went on another show to talk more about it. And, Mike, and Michael Vick said, well, I've heard it from two different teams that told Michael Vick, if we bring you in, we want you to change your hairstyle because we don't want that militant look you're trying to portray. You know, and he said no. So did, did Colin Kaepernick really wanna come back or did he want to be a spokesman? Which is fine. It's his life, it's his opinion. He's gotta do what makes him happy and what him feels right. But did he really want to come back when some team said we might take a chance on you if you would do this and he would outright say no? So that kind of puts some thing on about was there some teams that might have brought him in that he kind of, you know, basically gave a finger to.
1: Yeah, I think that's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Let's face it, there are still teams that are desperate for quarterbacks, and Kaepernick could still legitimately land a job when uh, camp officially opens up.
0: Yeah, I, I saying all this, like I said before, I still think there's something left for Kaepernick. I, I really, really do, and it, it's what it is, I guess. Uh, I guess time will see. All right, next, and this is actually a good article, and this is in the notes, um, about the Panthers, about the different look they've had. Uh, Basically, it's called the Panthers have a different look after a step back, and what's kind of cool is I was thinking of some different teams, and I was kind of looking at the changes the the Panthers were taking this offseason. I was like, that is very interesting what they're doing. I, I just kind of, quietly and methodically some of the things they did in the offseason. Read this article. It's a really good article. Um, And I think the Panthers, I'm not going to say they're going to be a juggernaut, but I think there's going to be something there.
1: I can't explain last season for them. I really don't know what happened to them. um, I don't know. Do you have any light on it?
0: No. I, (laughs) I just think some of the chemistry wasn't there. I really don't. Uh, You kind of watch some of the plays, and they just look like they never gelled, whether that was certain players or just the mood they were in or just, eh, you know, season. But I I just have this feeling that the Panthers are going to do something this year. I'm not saying, look out, Panthers are winning the Cup. But I I really think the Panthers are going to team. Like last year, you always knew the Panthers were better than what their record showed. But when you would play the Panthers, you would say, pretty much almost every team would say, yeah, we're better than they are. Yeah, we are. We got a really good shot of winning. Whereas I think this year is going to be as, man, buckle up, guys. We got to strap down to win this game. So I think that's going to be part of it, too. So,
1: Well, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the mid-season firing of Gallant. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean... Either the owners are just completely oblivious to the ebb and flow of the NHL season. Uh, All you need to do is watch Bruin hockey if you want to see a team that can't consistently put together strings. Uh, They go through a bad month like every year. So, I mean, that's that's just what happens in an 80-game season. And really, they should have exercised far more patience for that because while they may be building up, if you're if you don't have a good head coach to lead that program, uh it was an opportunity lost. So I will watch them this year and see what they do.
0: And speaking of the Panthers, uh Yamar Yager is still a free agent. Um if 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 I was a mid tier team, below the mid tier team, one that's <clears throat> bubble making the playoffs, um, your Winnipeg Jet, you know, where hey, they can step up and be there. Or they're just kind of around that six to ten, you know, six to nine in their league, you know, where they might just be out of it, just might be in it. Pick him up. You do nothing but help the team. And if you know you're not going to be in the playoffs, you can at least get yourself a third, a second round pick and or a young prospect for him in a trade. So I'm real surprised a team like that hasn't picked him up for that because I think he would go to a place like the Winnipeg Jets, you know, in Canada, good hockey town, you know, be at small market, just to show everybody, hey, I'm still here.
1: I'm just surprised as you are in terms of nobody picking up. Surely there's a team out there that could use a winger that scores you 40 points on your third line because I'm pretty sure there aren't too many of those.
0: Yeah, in in your opinion, what team do you think would be the best fit for Yager?
1: Well, I thought about it a little bit more after we discussed this last week, and I've come to the conclusion that I think Calgary would be ideal for him because they're a completely young squad up there. They need a leader who has been there, who's won the Cup, and I think that he would be a major good influence for that team.
0: Yeah, I was thinking Calgary or Winnipeg. Kind of the same situation. They got a couple veterans, but they got a lot of young people too. Uh and get somebody in to show them because he still is, will be the hardest working person on the team. So you can see, hey, there's a veteran. Here's how you work. Here's how you work all year long. Here's how you don't take a shift off. Here's how you come in on your off time and get work done. Here's how you study. So I think you're right, Calgary or the Jets I think would be great fits and a bonus being smaller market canadian cities he would thrive he would instantly become a star there uh, not necessarily that he wants that but he might sign for a little less money but you know as well as i do if he gets into canadian market his endorsement deals are going to be through the roof compared to a, uh, an american town minus la or new york
1: well i think if he he's a younger team That also is interesting how the coach would play it off, too, because now the Heat is on your top scores to outdo probably the game's best score, one of them anyway. And so... Can you honestly come back after a poor performance and, you know, simply look at you look Yager in the face after the game is done? I mean, that, I think it's the right pressure where it really belongs. You don't want to be outscored by a man who's way past prime, but, again, you give yourself a little bit of leeway because of who it is.
0: Yes, and you're a 23-year-old forward. Do you want to show what a 45-year-old is outworking you, is outscoring you, is out assisting you, is working harder than you, is studying film longer than you. You can't You can't have that. If you're 23 years old and you got somebody, you know, dang near double your age, you cannot have that. You, you can't. So I think it would make everybody work harder.
1: Now, I was wondering if we could actually segue into another leader um, that just announced his retirement last week. Uh, who are you referring to? None other than Andrew Ference. Does he ring a bell? I know the name. Well, we talk talking about team leaders, and during the Bruins' run for the Cup in 2011, uh, I felt that he was an integral part of the player on that team that helped the Bruins get the Cup. But actually, there were two other guys that were assisted, and when we talk about locker room leaders... Andrew Ferentz on Thornton and Mark Reckey. those were the three big key players on that team because you know we just talked about inspiring younger kids to step up their game well these guys were veterans and not only were they telling the kids to step up the game but they inspired their peers to say hey this is the cup we are all in and if it were not for these guys I really don't think the Bruins had a legitimate shot but after 16 years, Ference, uh, who will finish his career as an Edmonton Oiler, um, had decided that it's time to call it quits. There is nobody out there that is a bigger or better class act than this guy because um, when he was part of the Bruins, one of the things that he did was – he started uh, an environmental green program uh, with the city of Boston, and he was he was earnest in his mission for that. Uh, he's been involved in a lot of social events, and um, oh, there's just I can't say enough. In fact, I will put in article uh, that people should take a look at on his very last act leaving boston for edmonton because in that year the bruins made the run for the cup there was a um, a jacket from um uh, a ranger who had been killed in the iraq conflict and they used that jacket as inspiration to drive that team to the cup well as ference realized the bruins aren't going to resign him uh, he took that coat with him, and on his way out, he stopped by a kid. Um, I'll have the whole story, but the bottom line is that there was a kid who became a paraplegic on the ice when he was injured, and Ferentz gave him that coat on the way out, and it was such a class act.
0: Well, that's cool. Why do I picture him aflame? I don't remember him a Bruin. I just always remember him aflame. Am, am I wrong there?
1: Yeah, he actually... Well, he's played sixteen seasons. I, I mean, man, there's probably a good chance, but I just let me look most. Here.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he played uh dun dun dun. Yeah. What? What? Two thousand one, two thousand two, till he went uh until two thousand seven or eight when he went there. So yeah, okay, he played quite a bit in Calgary. That's why I thought that. I guess I do not know why I't' re- don't, I, I don't remember him in Boston. I don't know why, and I should because of him, but I just always think of him in Calgary for some reason.
1: Yeah, well, I mean again, he split his time between Pittsburgh, Calgary, Boston, and Edmonton, so um that was a pretty good, pretty good career, although he did spend most of it last year in the hospital bed recovering from hip surgery, but um hey, uh, he he retired as a captain of the team.
0: That Yeah. And who, who is, do they have a cap to pick for this year yet?
1: I don't think so. I think initially they wanted to go with uh, uh, McDavid, but it actually got a little bit of backlash because, you know, they said, hey, just because he's the all-star here doesn't necessarily mean he should have the C just yet. Yeah,
0: well, you know, Madonna, the whole time, most of the time in Dallas, he was not the captain. Uh, it was... Uh, um, Oh, shoot, uh what's his name? Uh Hatcher. You know, the younger, the Hatcher brothers, uh Darian, I think, was always the captain because he was the first person to step up and yell at everybody. So uh, the, you are correct. Just because you're the best doesn't mean you should wear the captain. Okay, I feel better now that I see him when he played with Calgary Flames. I, I feel much better, and I don't know. And looking at his career, he spent more time in Boston than anywhere else. So... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I still think of him as a flame. I have no excuse.
1: <laughs> no, no. Again, it's one of those things where I think he had a largely unremarkable career. I mean, you know, the fact that he amassed seven hundred and fifty-three penalty minutes in those uh, nine hundred and seven games is, is I think, in some ways a little bit misleading because I don't think he was necessarily an aggressor all the time. But uh, near the end of his career. I mean, he played, he was he was getting burned by some of the better players in the league. But, I mean, you know, he he played, he gave it all on the ice, and that's really what mattered. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, that's always good. Um, there was one article I was trying to find. Speaking of the Flames, I want to see if we're on the same wavelength there. In the last decade, when I say Flames player, who do you think of?
1: Tom Lysiak.
0: Really, I'm, I'm thinking of a completely different player. Think Jerome of, again no? There you go. That's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> okay. At least I'm not too far off there. Um, he is still available, too. Uh, and him and Shane Doan are both available right now. Older. And I think this is an, I think, boy, I think of it getting the back of the Flames right now with his experience. That would be another good fit for them. If, if Think of the Flames. If they had room for two. Think of them with Ignigna and Yager up there. I think the Flames instantly become a way better team.
1: Actually, I really hope in some ways that Iginla does come back because I think that, uh, you know, it was – I know what Calgary was trying to do when – um you know, he was looking to uh, try and hook on with a Stanley Cup contender. And actually, his best shot, unfortunately, was with Boston. But, um, you know, Pittsburgh tried to give it a go, too. But no matter what <clears> team <throat> they put him on, they just had didn't have enough to push it over the edge. And holy smoke, sending him to a, the avalanche, it was just like, all right, we gave you two good teams. Now you're going to end it out with a crappy one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, you are a Calgary general manager right now you got a little under the salary cap right now. And you can get two of these three players. Which two would you take? uh, Nigna, uh, uh Shane Doan, or, uh, well, my mind's gone blank tonight, um, Yager. Which one of those three, two of those three would you take?
1: Oh, that's t- that's actually pretty tough. because Well, I would totally go with again, because that would just be bring all the fans back and I think everybody would be supercharged with uh, again back as a flame as he truly belongs there and then uh, between Yager and Doan hmm, that's you have two guys who both scored 40 points last year it's a shame that nobody is rushing out to sign either one of those guys but I'm still going to give the edge to Yager because even Doan puts in a lot of hard work Yager he's, he's just a Hall of Fame candidate actually they kind of both are but I think Yager just gets the edge for now
0: um I'm with you right there and not being Calgary I think I would take uh Virginia and Doan for uh, I mean uh Yager and Doan but being Calgary you have to take him you do not have a choice but to bring a lifelong dang near captain you know back um being there, but most other general manners, let's say the stars were in the same position, I would probably probably, you know, take Yager and don't, believe it or not.
1: Well, I'm hoping that at least some point Boston actually makes a play for somebody. Because I gotta tell you, uh, it was funny. I was coming off the bus this morning and I knew the bus driver, and he hits me in the arm and he goes, What are the Bruins waiting for? And I go, What are you talking about? He goes, Pasternak! they still haven't signed what could they possibly be waiting for and that's a great question what are they waiting for
0: yeah um if you player out there who do you think that are they, are they are they going after anybody or don't you know or are they kind of making stuff known like they oh we tried but we're just what? what's going on up there
1: well prior to this little incident i was i was i I'm half on board with what the Bruins are doing. I mean, they, they got lucky. I think they got lucky. I don't think that there's skill behind the picks that they have. Um, but the talk of Matt Duchesne for Brandon Carlo and another high, uh, high price veteran, which is most likely going to be crechey. You know what? Ship them both off and be done with it because I'm really tired of it. They lost Dominic Moore to the Leafs and that was stupid because Dominic Moore is solid. They should have totally kept him. Uh, Drew Stafford, another player that they let go. I mean, you know, these guys, yeah, they're in the twilight of their career, but what they have lined up right now, you have, you're back to one solid line on Boston. uh eh, one and a half. And I I don't like what I see right now and we'll have to <laughs> Check it out.
0: Yeah, and I think it was last week or maybe a week before. Remember when we brought up the Dallas Stars lineup and we just saw pretty much every player, you know, plus, minus, 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 <laughs> and, you know. And I started thinking, I was like, how did they get, I mean, I remember a lot of their games were like two, three, one, two, four, five, And I was like, how did that happen? And I researched it and they were the NHL worst last year and dun, 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 penalty kill. That'll do it for
1: you. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. All the time. Yeah.
0: So uh and and then I read that and kind of what what brought it up with you was they were talking to Hitchcock and they're saying what do you want to work on? He said the first thing we've got to work on is penalty kill. We were the worst and I was like, Oh, I just read that. And he says, We have to. And he says, If we don't approve that, you know we're gonna be the same this year. So some of the moves they made Really went after that. Uh, I mean, just think it, Hansel and the um, thought, really, you're like, okay, them two there with the penalty kill, you know, you're instantly from, you know, the worst in the league to, I think, the worst case scenario is middle teams, you know, 13 to 18, somewhere in there, just with those two additions.
1: Well, I hope at least Jim Neal is dusting off a little bit of uh, shelf space because he'll probably have some hardware coming his way this year. At the very minimum, at least a uh, best executive this year because nobody has been more successful this year. Wildly successful, not just remotely. He has done really well this year.
0: Um, yeah. When Dallas Star signed Neal, he was the one assistant GM I knew. I could not name one assistant GM across the board, even for the Dallas Stars. Could not. But I knew Jim Neal because I knew he interviewed GMs every year the five years before. You know, you'd hear Jim Neal went to interview this. He didn't accept it. Went to interview here. He didn't accept it. And he finally, and then he said to come to Dallas. And I'm like, oh, that would be awesome, but he's not going to accept it. And he came here basically because he had Jamie Ben and he had a couple older players he knew he could trade. And that's what he wanted, and he started with the bang, you know, right there with again. So, uh, he, yeah, he he's right now he's you know almost you know doing not to jinx him, don't do this or that, but he's almost like the golden child for trades and uh, executives right now.
1: Speaking of his executives, I think one that's under the hot seat yet again is Chiarelli over in Edmonton, because despite the fact that. He's locked down uh, Connor McDavid for a team-friendly $8 million a year. Um, they've got to build around him, and I don't know. I think he's going to deplete his team just like he did in Boston. We'll see if it happens again. And if it does, this is his last team in the NHL.
0: Uh, I think you're right. Um, kind of going back to players again. Sorry, sorry for changing kind of speeds here. There was one player I wanted to ask you why, and, and let me know what I'm missing. I do not know why. Um, Andre Markov, okay. Why hasn't he got on the team yet? Am I missing something here? Uh, What am I missing? Why isn't he on the team? Or is it just the same thing, uh, getting older and not going to take a chance?
1: I think that's exactly it. Uh, He's older. I'm sure that right now his agent is probably playing a little bit of hardball, missing the market because, let's face it, Chris, Russell was in the same position last year where it really got down to the wire before anybody would even start looking at him. And I think that right now, because of cap space, too, uh, that people are going to be a little bit more careful of how they're spending their money these days because I believe the cap is 73 this year. And are you looking to dump that kind of money on on an aging player? or do you think have something better on the farm? And I think a lot of teams are thinking we've got something better, at least if it's not on the team, they have it in the minors.
0: Um, I was kind of thinking the same thing. The only thing I could really think of is maybe, you know, he's wanting a three to four year contract and teams are offering him a one, you know, because they're like, hey, we can afford him this year. But we got John Smith sitting over here who's going to need a contract next summer, who's, you know, 23 years old and we can't have both, so uh, that was my only real guess.
1: Yeah, I mean that, or maybe there's a little bit more to it. Uh, certainly worth keeping your ear to the ground just to see what the uh, just what the scuttle is on that. Uh, I'll actually have to check the rumor mill.
0: Yeah. Okay, got an article here: free agent signings in the last couple of weeks. Um, Jacob Slavin, seven-year contract extension with the Hurricanes. Does not surprise me. Um, pretty much, what else do they have? Uh, so, uh, Connor McDavid, uh, everybody knows this, eight-year, mile an hour extension with the Oilers. Carey Price, eight-year extension with the Canadians. Not a surprise. Uh, he took care of him. Uh, and then we got, uh, Vlasic, eight-year deal with the Sharks. Uh, Martin Jones, six-year with the Sharks, too. Uh, Cam Fowler, eight years with the Ducks. I'm surprised the amount of eight-year contracts we got. Uh, I remember a few years ago, they're popular. In the last few years, they weren't in vogue anymore. Are they coming back in vogue, or what we just seen with uh miss players barring injury?
1: Oh, you know, I don't know if it's that or the collective bargaining agreement that is coming down the road.
0: Yeah, and... Teams plus teams always have that little ace in the hole, you know, where they can buy the contract out. You know, yes, they're going to be hit with a little bit of money, but they're not stuck. So, yes, you're limited on what you can and when you can, but uh, I think it it's it's almost like a a whoops card they can pull
1: out every now and then. Well, you know what I really miss, and I want to say I started seeing this in the late '80s. There was a time in my life where you used to legitimately trade players for players straight up, but in the NHL, that stopped a long time ago. And what you end up having having here is actually players are no longer being traded for other players, necessarily their peer. They're being traded for draft picks. And I'm curious how, how successful those ultimately are, because I'm pretty skeptical that they're not.
0: yeah. I think you're right, and oh, I forgot one here. July first, they signed uh, Vlasic and Jones, the, Shannels, the San Jose Sharks. You know who else they signed to a one-year deal the same day?
1: Was it Jumbo Joe?
0: Yep, Joe Thornton. Same day, all three of them were signed. Kind of, I just thought that was cool. All three, July first, same day. That's I, 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 just, I just like that.
1: Well, that's because fiscal year end.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, usually, you don't get three names like that. Uh, albeit, you know, Thornton. He's got the name, but what else? Is, okay, question for you: What is there left in, for Joe Thornton? In a, what do you think is there for him? The cup. Yeah. Um, d- does I did not watch too many Shark games this year. I, I did. I'll be honest. Uh, some just a couple when they played the Stars, and he did not look very impressive at all. Was that standard for him last year, or was I just seeing off games playing the Stars?
1: I think what you saw was pretty close to what is left to a man who's been playing as long as Thornton has. You know, it's uh, he's had a good season. He's had a good run. I mean, it's it may be – I'm pretty sure that if he doesn't make it this time around, and I'm hoping he does, um, he should probably hang it up. But uh, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Thornton because, you know, this Joe Thornton is – a player I wish maybe the Bruins had.
0: Yeah, one thing you always know about Joe Thornton is he, he's one of the players you see off the ice and when they show him on the sides, he, he's one of the players that you always see smiling a lot. And He's one of the players you see he realizes, hey, this is a fun game. You know, a, a a, a I Anigna, mean, I have such a hard time with his last name, you know, Jerome um, Anigna, yeah. He's another player you see smiling all the time. Now when he's, you know, going down on a puck, he's not, but when you see him on the side before and after the game, just smiling a lot. So, you know, he's enjoying the game. That's what I remember about Joe Thornton and just um, kind of the ageless wonder. Another one of them that just plays forever and plays hard. I'm not saying he didn't play hard last year. I do not want to get that out, but it, something was missing. You could tell when he was playing the stars last year. Um I think the Sharks are going to be a interesting team this year to watch. Uh, I, I I think they're going to be, a, I don't want to say a super fun team to turn up and watch, kind of like, uh, you know, the Oilers or, you know, Pittsburgh or something like that. But I think they are, for their style of game, uh, a good team to watch, kind of like that. The Kings, the Kings are a fun team to watch if you're a hockey fan, you know, is just, just what it is, you know. It, Kind of like uh, two, three years ago, the Islanders were a fun team to watch if you were a hockey fan. You know, last couple years. I don't know about that, but uh, I I hope I made my point there.
1: You have. And if there's one question I really wish X Joe Thornton was how pivotal was it in his career? to start under Pat Burns. The reason why I asked that question is I remember all the hype that surrounded when Boston picked him, uh, number one. And the mindset was Burns was not okay with just simply inserting him into the game and placing realistic expectations. Uh, he, he literally brought him up slowly, and some would say painfully slow. But a resulting uh, isn't he in his 18th career uh, 18th season now
0: yeah he's yeah like I said ageless wonder
1: and I think that Pat Burns bringing him out the way he did in Boston was actually maybe the smartest move that may have actually contributed to the le- longevity of Thornton's career uh, I'm hoping that he credits him in some ways because Pat Burns was a folk hero here in Boston
0: yeah speaking of Boston you need to call your old boss back for the Sporting News. Tell him, hey, I need to go well, with the Bruins to China July like 23rd to August 3rd. See if you can get on that trip. So they get that Blue Bruins Global to China trip this year.
1: <laughs> it's one of those. It's like, Bruce who? Click.
0: <laughs> so I say, hey, you remember me 20 years ago. I wrote a few articles. Come on. <laughs> see, I think when you were telling me about that, you wrote for the Sporting News when the Sporting News was the Sporting News. I think it's, uh, sorry for what it is, it's a shell at what it used to be.
1: Yeah, and actually, to be clear, it was actually the Hockey News. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah that, both... that,
0: that's what I meant. Yes, the Hockey News. I'm, I'm sorry, you're right. It, it's The Hockey News is a shell of what it used to be. Now it is all about how can we sell, how can we do this, how can we do that, flashy. Then it was information. Here's all the information you're ever going to need about all this stuff. And I love that.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the, in fact, I'm going to take us back roughly 20 years. I don't know if you remember, but there's a uh, newspaper, a sporting newspaper out there that was trying to get off the ground, and it was called The National. I don't know if you remember that.
0: Uh, if I do, I do not remember.
1: That was actually supposed to be one of the competing newspapers that covered exclusively sports, and they covered everything, and uh oh, I lament its loss so much because um, you got real-time information because its peers at the time were people like the Sporting News, the Hockey News, uh, Baseball Weekly that was actually put out at the time by USA Today, and um, i got to tell you, the National had big-time writers. Uh, in fact, I think Frank DeFord wrote uh, their uh, opinion column, so that. It had some heavyweight writers, and it was a good, good newspaper. But, uh, alas, like most good things, uh, it just wasn't met with the same fan appeal, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, I pulled up Boston here, and question for you. The Bruins did sign McIntyre and Subban, the goalies, to two years, two-way contracts. You had to pick one of them. Who would you pick?
1: McIntyre.
0: Okay. Okay. I can see that. Um, I've heard of him. I think maybe I've run into the name Suban before, uh, but uh, really never seen him play. Is, is, is He might be something, or maybe another four years in the OHL before anything.
1: I think that right now your best bet for Malcolm Suban is to see what happens this year. If he has a lights out season, and it's not to say that he can't, um then he may still have a shot at the nhl but every instance he was called up last year holy smoke i think his uh goals against average was seven uh in the nhl last year that will not get you a, a seat at table
0: so you think a uh, bad year he's going to be in europe for four to six years and then come back as some kind of coach
1: no, I think he'll go maybe to Europe and then stay there. I mean, it's uh, I think that at this point I don't see an NHL career for him because he's not as talented as his brother. I mean, yeah, he just isn't. And, you know, with McIntyre, uh, he's kind of in the same class. And the only reason I gave the edge to McIntyre is because he had a better year in Providence. But it's Providence. It's not the NHL. Both gentlemen had plenty of opportunity to win the backup role in Boston last year. And they didn't just fail. They failed spectacularly. In fact, in two of the games each gentleman started, Rask had to finish each of those games out. And that is not what you'd to happen. So neither impressed anybody at the NHL level last year. And this year's a new year. Will it matter? Most likely not.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Good information there. And Stars News, in case anybody there, um, uh, today um, uh, both Hansel and uh, the thought came into town to check out the new the locker rooms going on, the jerseys. You know, they met with Neil and everything like that. So it's good photo op today with them in there.
1: Now I'm kind of curious. You've seen, you know, there's obviously like bobblehead night in the in the uh, major league baseball games and things like that. I'm wondering if there's uh a, a Mark Mathot missing finger night.
0: Oh, that would be okay. I could see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of that, did you see what uh, uh, Banister, the uh, manager for Texas Rangers? Did you see his bobblehead, how different it was? No, I didn't. And uh, because they had a big thing here about Game of Thrones, you know, you dressed up as character, you did all that in one of the games a couple weeks ago. And it was, it wasn't a real bobblehead, it was his likeness sitting on like the Game of Thrones chair, you know, the house that, you know, Bamster built.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So that was pretty cool. I, that would have been pretty cool to have that one there. So I, I thought that was pretty neat what they did. And uh, But uh, I wouldn't go to that game because seeing some of the pictures, there were toys and everything, but there were some big swords and stuff there. I don't care if they were toys. There could have been some, a lot of damage done. <laughs> um, I think Dallas, you can get away with that. You're not going to do that in Philly with swords. Nope, 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 nope.
1: Oh, no, you're not. Ha. All right. All right.
0: So, and, yeah, um, Reunion Lawn Party, they've announced it this year. Basically, it's a whole big Stars thing downtown, July 29th. If you're a Stars fan, check it out. Just search for uh, Stars Reunion Lawn Party. You'll see it. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, one thing I do like about the Stars now before the game, they kind of changed the downtown area where they play at. There's a big, huge open area kind of in front of it where there's businesses all around it. They always have a couple bands now. Everybody's sitting around. It's actually a great place to hang out before it came. Before it was always so, maybe hit a restaurant and then go in. Now you make it a point to show up a couple hours early and hang out. It, it's, they did a good job. So uh, the downtown people who started doing that A-plus to you for the Dallas area, it's, it's kind of fun to do.
1: Yeah, the Bruins, eh, that's not as good. I mean, it's the causeway is a mess. It's a mess, and uh, it's new. That's what's so awful about it. So, eh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to make a run down there when the fall comes around, and I will take pictures of it and uh, post it up on a site where we can all check them out.
0: Okay, speaking of uh, games, this last week I was doing a, bunch of uh all well, my taxes you know i was getting ready to go see the tax guy the week before last and we filed an extension and everything and so i just had probably five or six hours just sitting there and i was starting to get bored and tired so i pulled up the nhl and dot tv and went to the vintage game and i pulled up a game from the 90s and who do you think my goalie was for the stars back then the game i watched you'll know the name
1: uh 90s
0: yeah and you won't know, you won't re- remember him from the Stars, you'll remember him from another team. And I'll tell you the other team if you want. Edmonton Oilers. Uh,
1: I am so at a loss right now. Let me think about this for just one <laughs> more sec. When you
0: see the Oilers in their big run, who do you think is their goalie?
1: Grant Fjord.
0: Uh, see, I think Andy Moog.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, how long did he play in Dallas? Uh, three, five
0: years, somewhere on there. He played a decent amount, and then eighty uh, the Civ, Belfort took over for him.
1: Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, for a while there, you know, went, you know, like good legend to another good legend to really, and then we had a couple decent and then kind of mediocre for the last five, six years.
1: And that's really unfortunate because neither Niemi or Lettinen are really, uh, they aren't as bad as what they intended to do in Dallas, which is really unfortunate because I, I quite frankly, I'm shocked that Niemi did not play up to expectations.
0: I thought Niemi was going to take over and Lenton was just going to be kind of this person you remembered in two years. I really, really did. that. That's what I thought. But now, back them up a little bit, injury and no defense, they had no help from anybody. Not only not much help on defense, their offense couldn't do anything to keep the puck in the other end of the ice. So, yeah, I think the Stars hurt them, too, because of that. Well, uh, anything else before we kill this one off? No,
1: we actually had a really good run here today
0: sounds good, sounds good thanks everybody for listening to the show and taking time out of your busy schedule listening to this and downloading it any questions, comments, corrections or concerns email Tracy tracyfpodness.com if you want to join us, let us know you want to get a hold of Bruce, email it to me and I'll throw it over to him through the the super highway known as the internet thank you everybody for listening All right, everybody have a good day good week.